0: guys, to another episode, Invest in Your Future. I'm your host, Kenny, CEO of Corona Group Corporation. I want you guys for joining me for another episode. We're here every Thursday to help you guys with business, entrepreneurship, credit, real estate, and and we just always try to bring on people also that are doing kind of big things for themselves, also doing big things for the community. But um, I want to thank you guys for obviously commenting, likes, all the subscriptions, all the thumbs up. We appreciate that. If you guys have any questions or comments, please leave them wherever you listen to this, whether that's on Facebook, whether that's on Instagram, whether that's on, uh, you know, Zoom or wherever you listen to this on the podcast, on iTunes, on Stitcher. If you hear from there, please give us a thumbs up or give us a like or give us a five star rating. We always want to interact with our audience. So I always want to kind of talk to people. And if they always have questions, I always want to make sure I'm available for them. So, that's why I always give guys options on different platforms to be able to contact me. So, guys, if you have questions or comments, please leave them wherever you listen to this. Um, today, I want to bring on a special guest, a good friend of mine named Harry Delaney. He works at Advisors Capital Management. So, uh, he's also a financial uh, wizard himself. He's done some great things for himself. He's in real estate. He's done some stocks. He's done some bonds. He's done a lot of things, and I wanted to bring him on here because I've met him on uh, the basketball court, and uh, but he, I got a chance to talk to him just privately, and I found out this guy's doing almost the same thing I'm doing, which is just trying to help people, but then also doing things for himself to make sure he's secure in terms of financially, in terms of his family, making sure he's settled. So I want to bring him on here. Harry, you want to say hi to the audience?
1: Capital management, but also I think a real estate investor. I just uh, and a little bit of an entrepreneur, so I would like to share a little bit about myself and my story, and see if I can help give anyone any ideas. And happy, is there any questions as well after we're done, or you Um But yeah, I mean, I like Kenny to kind of lead me through this first time going
0: through something like this. So, all right, well, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, so first of all, I just want to ask. Um, Give us a little bit about your background in terms of education, so we know where you're coming from.
1: Sure. Uh, she is maybe as older like a Robert Kiyosaki. I, I'm a bit of a C student. Uh, I uh, grew up in Stoneham. grew up in uh, more of a public housing setting, uh, so I was not very well at my mom. Uh, didn't graduate high school, she was a waitress when she worked. Uh, so didn't, didn't have things handed to me, for sure, which is, uh, I think, part of why I worked so hard. Um, but as a student, I went to Stoneham High. Didn't even, I don't know, one time brought a book home. Um, got a is My senior year, I had no, no daughter going on at college. And um, after I graduated, I worked for a year in, uh, in the warehouses, in temp jobs. Probably making, geez, I don't know, it was 1995, so I don't know, it was 12 bucks an hour. 10 bucks an hour, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember thinking, if I could just make $18 an hour, I, you know, I'd really be living. Um, but, um, I got lucky. I, I had a aunt of mine who um, had a son a year younger than me, and he was applying to colleges. Um, she sat me down and basically gave me a smack and said, "Are hey, you a little bit too smart to be, you know, working around in warehouses and doing odd jobs. So I, uh, she made me apply to some schools. I actually only applied to one, Salem State. Went to Salem State for a year just doing general um, introductory courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, managed to learn how to study. Get some A's and B's. After my freshman year there, I applied to maybe three or four different colleges. And uh, I ended up going uh, to University of Massachusetts. You managed. And uh, studied there. Got my bachelor's there. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of how I, you know, I got myself at least educated to certain degree. Nice. What was your bachelor's in?
0: I actually studied um, kinesiology, which has nothing to do with anything I do today. Um, <laughs> that's. I think that's. The, that's I think that's the, the the you know the uniform. Everyone goes to school and they do something totally different.
1: Uh, I, I I had dreams of wanting to be a doctor. Oh, nice. Um, so I, I figured I'd get all my core requirements, but.
0: Once I got out, I just—I I really didn't feel
1: like
0: going back for that one. Nice, nice. Well, listen—I mean, you went to school for 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 pretty much exercise science, and you're now in finance. So, talk about how how that switched. Where did you go, and how? What what any is there anything specific that you remember that switched you over to finance and, and investing?
1: Yeah, you know, um, after I graduated, I just needed to work. Um, I took a job with Fidelity Investments, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, kind of got my introductory to finances there. Um, yeah, I took the Series 7 and the different license programs to be a broker. Um, but it did give me a good background on investing and learning to kind of grow money uh, for the future. Um, I was super green. I didn't know, you know, I, I knew nothing about economics, finances. Um, so I was pretty much a blank slate for them to refine me into, you know, a fidelity
0: you know, uh, advisor. Mm. Wow. So, so you switched over and got your license, worked at Fidelity for a little bit. And let, let, let's talk about your first investment. What was your first amount in terms of investment? And what was your first official investment you, you considered yourself? Well, I, mean, I don't know if the 401k counts, you know, it's pretty,
1: it's a pretty plain vanilla. Sure. Um, but I did start saving in the 401k at Fidelity very early, which was, um, kind of, you know, uh, beat into you when you weren't there because they're, they're so generous in that plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really with that, um, but,
0: but nothing nothing very sexy. I, you know, I wasn't making enough money to, to really dive in. My first for real investors were probably real estate. Nice. Nice. And uh, could you uh, expand on that? How, how did you, what was your first deal in terms of real estate?
1: Yeah. First deal in
0: real estate actually
1: was uh, prior to the bust, so it was probably like 2004 or five. Mm-hmm. It was in um, rural Massachusetts. I bought a um, a bank-owned condo. Actually, I don't know if it was bank-owned or not. Yeah, uh, I bought a condo. I know, but it was super cheap. Not the best neighborhood, and um, needed some work. So I went in and I, you know, did the painting and the, the general light rehab to it, just so I
0: been moving and lived there and uh, made, it, made it, you know it for me anyway mm-hmm. uh, and then I sold that in maybe 2006 2007 mm-hmm. right before the bubble burst uh so I think I probably paid sixty thousand I sold it for about 115 thousand and uh, wow. I, I thought I was a superstar <laughs> <laughs> Wow you you bought it for 60 and sold for 115 yeah that's like that. That's an in, 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 in a period of how long? I probably only had about a year. Wow. Wow. Year, so. In that one deal, you made over 50.
1: Yeah, I made mean, over 50. And to me, at that point, that
0: was like all the money in the world. So it felt pretty good, for sure. That's, I mean, I, I, mean, I think everyone remembers that first time they got a good chunk of change. I remember it myself, but Harry got that first deal and got his beak wet with 50,000 and I think this is where, this is where your life changed. Would you say, would you say, Harry, this is when your life changed?
1: Uh, You know, I didn't know
0: it yet, actually,
1: yeah, because, because after that, the boom, you know,
2: yeah, I I bought another condo, maybe another year,
1: year and a half later, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which I overpaid for. So, you know, the good thing is I didn't put a lot of money into it, you know, I put a small amount down um, and left the other assets for me to, you know, have liquid. But I probably paid one ten or a little garden condo in North Chelmsford, and that was probably after a year or two it was probably only worth seventy or eighty, right? But mm-hmm. this was two thousand eight, two thousand nine, um, and um, you know the, the the floor fell right right out from under us.
0: Mm-hmm. So it wasn't wasn't all wasn't all all rainbows and sunshine after the first one. <laughs> well, of course you gotta have some bruises, man. It's, it's the, it's the name of the game, but okay. So that, that second deal you were overpaid, which I mean, I think everyone's overpaid before Trust me, Harry, you're not the only one. Um, I've overpaid, uh, multiple times, matter of fact, but, um, and, and then for for you, you were kind of realizing the real estate was going to be the path that you wanted to take, right? Uh, I think, um, it didn't happen
1: right away. So that was 2007, 2008. Um. I was still working at Fidelity, started to make some more money. Um, And as the market continued to tank, say through, you know, March of 2009, I was saving my money, living kind of lean, right? Um, And um, investing my 401k, doing all the stuff that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wasn't investing my cash, so I was keeping that on the sidelines. Whether that was right or wrong, in hindsight, probably should have bought Apple or, you Know Amazon or, or Google, um, of course, I'd probably still have more money today, <laughs> but
0: um, but I think I was holding it out for real estate, um, because you know, I had success with the first deal. I liked owning something that I could hold on to, and I felt like it was a little bit more of an asset than just stocks and bonds and um, those type of investments. You feel like you just wipe right out money, sure, in a minute, sure. Uh, I mean, uh. I I have some stocks too, but I don't I don't take it serious. Also, um, but then what would you say? Because now now you're moving up, you know you, you you're making some steps here and there it's, it's around the bad time right now, real estate, right? Would you say? Right. Yeah. I mean, I bought a, I bought a two-family and selling in 2010. That was probably my next purchase. Yep. Yeah. Um, and. Which was a two-family in Stone and uh, I just realized that it was probably, you know, I see I had done work to it with my father, who's contractor, you know, years before. So I kind of knew the house. I knew I knew a lot of good work was done to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was selling what I thought was fairly cheap at the time, and um, kind of jumped in and made my first real investment that was not, you know, just a little condo or, you know. Um, small thing I was going to live in. Yeah, but my first investment I was going to live in. So, so, and that, in that one, would you say that was a good deal or bad deal?
1: Uh, it was, it was probably average. You know, I, I probably slightly overpaid. Uh, if I had to think back, I, w- I would probably have bought something bigger at the time. If I, you know, I was like two or three family, I had mm-hmm. enough money to put down. Uh, but I did my toe in. Probably be a little bit conservative. Uh, but it worked out
0: fine. I mean, the house is worth probably double what I paid for it. i only put down, you know, 40000 50000 So hey, I, I did
1: okay.
0: You still own that I one, right? I still own it. Yeah, still that. own that one. Yeah. That's, I it's mean, on the, it's on the chopping block, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, listen, I mean, I know obviously long term is the best, best, best bet for everybody. I'm talking about anybody who wants to buy real estate. Long term is always the best play. But sometimes you do have to make those flips and try to, um, try to get some cash or, you know, find a way to get some capital behind you, which you might have to sell some stuff. But every, every real estate investor would love to hold everything forever. Would you say the same thing, Eric? Same goes for stocks, same goes for real estate. I mean, I'd buy and hold
2: everything if I could all the time, but it
0: requires some liquidity to keep laddering up and buy bigger stuff. Bigger stuff. Exactly. Now... I mean, you told me some of the small deals now, but now tell me about one of your best deals that you've had so far as uh, as a real estate investor right now.
2: Uh,
0: my best deal, I would is
1: without a question. I bought a condo in the South End yep. of Boston, early 2012. Right uh, when everything was going bank, everything was bank owned, short sale. but uh, people, I, I think a lot of people don't remember is that. The stock market bought up in March of 2009, but real estate really lagged behind because right? people had to be foreclosed. They had to start, you know, people started to lose their jobs. And they were in houses they couldn't afford mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff didn't hit the market until 2011, 2012, even scrank out probably to 2013. So the condo I bought myself at was about well, 1,300 uh, or 1,400 square feet. It was 80 feet long, at the height of a basketball, field, it was 20 feet high in sailings. and um, it was 440000 and and um, had a parking spot underground. And I remember thinking, there's no way I can afford this, and I'm not even sure if it's worth it. I, yeah. mean, thinking, I mean, it's in the south end. It's, you know, it was an up-and-coming neighborhood, but it wasn't what it is today. And, um, you know, there's still some, you know, rough spots around it, too. So, I mean, it was not a slammed-up as seems like it should have been. Sure. Um but I wanted it bad enough that I pulled the trigger. So um, but it felt like for me that out of any deal that I had it was the most questionable. Like, Harry you probably shouldn't do this. But <laughs> I did. <laughs> so um the one I didn't think that turned me on to it the most was the there was a condo next door that had the same layout and they rehabbed the second floor mm-hmm. two spots to it. So they added about another 800 square feet, and I knew someday I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I held it long enough, and saved enough bucks to rehab it. I, you know, just add that, and I'd have I'd have a win right there. I mean, anytime you can add 800 square feet in downtown Boston, it's pretty big deal. Oh, huge, huge. So, um, but it still felt very difficult to pull the
0: trigger. know, But that I mean, for those people who don't know. In Boston, South End right now is one of the most expensive areas in Boston. Right. Uh, it's it's I mean it's up there in terms of uh, you know prices and size. If you if you can buy anywhere there, you are you know you're doing well. But so Harry, tell us, did you end up holding that or did you end up flipping that one?
1: You know, I ended up selling that, mm-hmm. which I kind of regret. Mm-hmm. I, I can explain why, but. It, Maybe it gets a little complicated, but I sold that about two or three years ago for a million and a half for 1. So 1. 1.5 5. 1. 5, Which was nice,
0: but, you know But I'm taking the difference of that I'm going to check was pretty surreal experience um, That's that's so that's pretty good. That's a nice win, Harry. So I mean You you bought it for 440 you you put in some money then you sold it for 1.5 you walked away with a check put why did you sell? Could you tell us a little bit why? Well,
1: I knew I wasn't going to live there. Number one, um, two it was brand new. I made mean, it look. I mean, it came out really nice. Uh, top end kitchen, top end bathrooms. The um, thought of renting that out is a little questionable, I guess. But in hindsight, I would have rented it. And I probably would have. I would have refinanced it. it took eighty percent of the money out. Not paid any taxes. Kept going in that because I that's never going anywhere but up anyway. Um, and I would have battered up with just a rebuy, I think. Mm. But uh, you know, it was nice to get the mortgage off my my you know, off my chest and and not have to deal with a downtown renter, but anyway, I, I would have kept it if I looking back if I if I was
2: thinking clearly,
0: sure, sure. Um, now that that was a big deal. Now I know a lot of my audience can't afford those big deals here. You know, some of these guys are just starting out. Um, how can how can a guy, you know, a normal Joe, maybe working nine to five, or well, hopefully he has a nine to five now, especially in the area we time we live in. Sure. How can a person um, start themselves in terms of if they want to get into real estate and they want to, you know, start maybe where you started with a condo or something? Like, I mean, what yeah. advice would you give somebody on how to get started? Yeah, I, I can definitely answer that. Before I do that, I'll just say, my next like six or seven deals and it, after I bought the two family in Stonem were all bank-owned condos in Salem. Mm-hmm. So I was buying hundred thousand dollar condos in two thousand eleven and twelve and
1: thirteen. That probably sold for three hundred fifty, three hundred eighty thousand in two thousand six because they you know died in the market. Mm-hmm. So I started super small, I, and I probably could have went bigger even at that time, but just being a conservative investor, I started super small. Um, I put down the minimums, um, you know, that, that I could, if the bank would allow me to. And I, I, at that time, and I'm not sure how well this went, I actually this does still work today, but maybe it's a little different, but you can still refi those, refinance those properties once they're worth a little more and take cash out. And that's really how I did it. I started with one of money. I didn't start with, you know, Five hundred thousand. So that was starting with first one was a hundred thousand. I probably put ten thousand down, right? Ten thousand. Yep. Yeah. I bought it for one hundred and five,
0: and it was probably worth one hundred and forty. I went in and painted it and refinanced it for one hundred and forty. So I was thinking thirty thousand out. Basically, I had no money into it after. Yeah. Could you put down You put down ten, and you you refinance off third pull out thirty. You know.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. So if it was one. Th-
0: you make the proposition, so you have a future in terms of wealth, pretty much, right, Harry? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Exactly. Like you, uh, if you're looking for um, ways to increase, obviously, your, your your wealth, and also get advice from a gentleman who's done very well for himself, Harry, I'll leave all the information on your uh, on your contacts and stuff in the show notes, so don't worry about that. Um, but also, for myself personally, I mean, I'm asking that kind of a personal question. But if if I do for right now because I am a real estate investor myself what kind of advice would you give me right now let's say another person also is a real estate investor and they're looking at the market and they're seeing that you know everything is going down the drain in terms of people losing their jobs which relates to people not paying their rent which the rent that makes sure that when you can't pay your rent the landlord can't pay his bank I mean what do you see right now in the terms of of the market right now for yourself and what kind of advice would you give me
1: I mean, right now, I, great question. But, now, <laughs> right now, I mean, for, as far as from an investment in real estate, I'm putting things on hold, right? But, I, I, unless the deal is a slam, right? Because um, I think deals could possibly get better. I mean, I'm not trying to predict the future. I don't know where the real estate market's going, mm-hmm. but, the real estate market, you know, generally like the stock market, because it's not as liquid as an asset. Um, you know, what's going to happen to the overall economy is very questionable um, depending on how long this drags out with the virus and um, when cases start to slow down and we you know, find a vaccine. Uh, but I, I'd i be nervous to buy it personally um, because I think people still think that it's a month ago or two months ago when we
2: have a strong economy, we have an 11-year bull market uh, and they still think that their house, say you have two families of 600000 the neighbors sold theirs for three months ago, they still think that theirs is worth $615. I mean, yeah. And to me, I'd say maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I'm not paying it. That's just my opinion.
1: Um, I'm kind of a conservative investor anyway. i that, it would be glass half empty, I guess. Not to, I'd like to be a long term an optimist in a bull on, on any investment, but. I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy a deal right now unless I felt great about it. Right, got great price, had great tenants, great cash flow. Um, I'm still looking at some, but they're. I doubt people are going to say yes to my my offers. I I mean it's only ten percent chance. I have two offers out there right now, and I I doubt either one will look. Wow. But yeah. They do. I'll take them. Is that price right? Sure. Um, and they'll have cash flow right. But what you mentioned about rents, I mean. I could acquire that property next month and 40 percent might stop paying. I'd have to feel good
2: about covering those rents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that there's definitely some question marks. i wait I think there'd be better
0: deals to
1: be had as the unfolds. sure that's you trying to guess.
0: Sure, sure, which which makes perfect sense, Harry. I mean I I myself also I'm still looking at deals and I see the overpriced, so I'm just gonna wait. I mean I have no problem right. waiting. Uh, one thing that helped me, I think is making you sure that I'm not over leveraged. Um, so right. a lot of people out there, I give advice, make sure you're not over leveraged. Um, that's one thing that could kill you, especially in a downturn, because obviously your payments are high, but also you don't have any equity to refinance. Like you said, Harry, right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough when you over leverage yourself. So try to put down as much as you can, but also be careful because, I myself in real estate, I always plan like the worst case scenario, you know, right. Harry, that's, that's where I follow. So that way I make sure that I don't, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't want, never want to lose a property. That's one guy. I also give advice is never lose a property because it sets you back so much. Right. You say, Harry, yeah. so, yeah. So, I mean, right it now,
1: huh? it would be a killer.
0: It'd be It'd a, kill it's a, it's a killer. It's killer. if you want to, to the bank. Exactly.
1: It'll be a game changer. It's going to set you back, you know, seven years probably.
0: Seven years. Seven years plus, I would say, actually. Um, so, I mean, that's a great point is just make sure right now in the market that we're in, um, you know, Harry and myself just give advice and saying, listen, yes, you can still keep looking at deals. Yes, you could always be hunting because obviously, you know, there's always deals out there. But make sure you, you first of all, don't overpay. And second thing, obviously, make sure you get the right financing for it. Don't over uh, get leverage in terms of uh, paying high interest rates. And then also making sure there's no to cash flow. That's a huge thing Harry mentioned is you have to make sure you have cash flows to be able to service that debt. Um, otherwise, you will be drowning in debt, and it'll eat you right. alive. It's that simple. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the other thing I have to
1: for any multifamily investment is cash flow is not just paying your bills or expenses. I mean, it's making money. Mm-hmm. If the property's not putting positive money in your pocket every month. You're essentially a slave to that property and if you lost a tenant or had a vacancy you're actually losing money that's crazy what type of investment is that um unless it's a there are there are reasons maybe that you think it's going to appreciate it a lot in the next couple of years or five years or it's a great neighborhood or you know there could be reasons why cash flow might not be the number one concern but if you're looking to make money in multi cash flow is the number one thing
2: yeah it, so it's not making
1: $100 a
0: month or 200 it's making sure that it really is cashable. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, great point, Harry. That's why he gets paid to give advice like this, because this is stuff that helps a lot of people that a lot of people don't understand. Uh, me and Harry are on the same page because we, we're in the same industry, so we understand these kind of things. And if this is high level for you, um, I mean, just do your research, learn a little bit more, nothing wrong with it. Uh, but the biggest thing is we always want you to understand this level you need to get to when it comes to understanding cash flow, understanding credit, understanding real estate markets. Um, you know, Harry is especially, you know, here in, in New England area. He's very uh, seasoned here, but I'm, I'm out of state. I go to different states here. You know, I go to Pennsylvania, I go to Florida because I'm, I'm chasing cash flow and I'm chasing also a little bit of yield. So um, a, a, any advice in terms of, you know, learning like how to be an entrepreneur and how to really grow grow yourself. Because myself, I took I took I just took big risks. That's a big thing for me, Harry. Sure. But for you, I mean, um, as as a guy or someone out there who's trying to become a business owner or trying to become an entrepreneur, what advice would you give those guys? Well,
2: one,
1: one master your craft, right? So whatever your craft is, be the best at it. Um, give great service. Do great work, make sure that you know you build the biggest, strongest business you can, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, but, but you have to go out there and, and work, right? And you gotta take that chance, whatever that is you want to do, whether that's painting houses or it's you know running a retail shop, it doesn't. It doesn't I have real estate income That pretty much gets me by I mean, I went back to work To strengthen my spreadsheet That's why I'm at advisor's capital I'm trying to build another uh, income stream um, But I'm working As hard as that is I, When I first started at Fidelity, you know, 20 years ago um, I'm out building a new
2: practice And I'm, I'm, I'm doing that For the long term, right? So, mm-hmm. You know, my goal when I'm done Is that income from real estate Investment management and my stock investments right
1: every month so if i get a three-legged income i'm not going to really care about if i lost my job tomorrow i won't care if the real estate market's down next month or one of my tenants doesn't pay right mm-hmm. um, that's a longer term vision i'm not even there yet but i'm, I'm getting there right mm-hmm. every year it goes by gets stronger and stronger but that's my vision so i'm still working trying new things and I've started small businesses. I have a small junk removal business that I helped a friend of mine start. I get out there and do the jobs of them. I don't need to, but to figure out how to make that company profitable or that find leads and price jobs, I've been out there doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly I just wanted to help them buy the trucks, and get them started with the business formation. But, um, but it's a lot of
0: work, you know I mean? Um, I'm not 100% dedicated to you know, that's get about 5% of my attention, but I'm still trying to do things, I guess. Great point though, Harry. Great point. You cannot rely on one stream of income and Harry, for those guys out there who's trying to be entrepreneurs and do business, you could take a very great lesson from Harry where he started one business, mastered his craft. That's a huge thing. I don't know if you guys picked that up. Master your craft meaning you're going to become more valuable and make more money that way. Would you say the same thing, Eric? Oh, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I, I know no matter what happens, I can always go back to the investment management world, right? Where I'm yep. working now with advisor's capital. There's
1: a dozen companies that will hire, they'll probably hire me in the next couple of months if I need to work. So to be really comfortable or be able to have stuff in the back burner, you have to have skill sets and things that are... Can, you know basically you can sell yourself and, and make, make
0: yourself money if you did it. Mm-hmm. it it's huge it's huge I mean you have to have a skill you have to have some kind of skill and everyone does and Harry uses a skill to produce income takes that income puts it in real estate and now he's living a comfortable life actually Harry could you tell the audience where are you right now C- currently yeah sure I'm, uh, I'm up
1: in Maine and a wake house driver <laughs> trying to you know avoid the
0: the apocalypse <laughs> so i'm doing it in solitude He's, yeah he, harry's he, up in maine a distance away from everything um but no harry is definitely one one of my good friends and, and harry for you know i appreciate you coming on uh, just a couple more questions and these are kind of like you know the fast five um what would you say right now is because obviously you're far but so i kind of know what the answer going to be but what would you say your number one tool that you use for business right now that you can't live without?
2: what's well, my
1: phone. <laughs> Your phone, right? <laughs> um, Zoom's getting out there. Yep. We're on Zoom. This is like my time on Zoom in the last two days. And I use it once a month before this. So Zoom's getting out there.
2: Zoom, Yeah. You know, um,
1: you know uh, for me right now, yeah, it's the phone. I, I'm calling all my clients. My
0: clients are all losing money right now. But I'm not scared to call them
1: tell
0: them they have a place it'll be okay. That's good. So the phone's number one. Uh, another question here. What would you say your number one habit that you think has, has
2: helped you become successful?
1: I'm a grinder. I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of always working and searching. So even when I was at Fidelity early days, getting into real estate, I was always searching real estate. Um, For for new listings every day. I was
0: going out after work. I was going out on the weekends. So I'd say I'm just a grinder. Grinders. Good habit to have, man. Good habit for you guys to pick up too. Be a grinder. Uh, Here's another third question here, Harry. Um, What was the last book you read? Oh, Jesus. You want the truth? Yeah, sure. It's not a
1: good, it's a deep hotel. It wasn't very good, though. I read it in an amp. Airplane ride from Minnesota. Okay. I, I
0: can't even think of the name of it. It was easy reading. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, another question here. Who is your number one mentor? Jeez. Or role model or somebody that you know, that you follow, that you, you, you say you take your advice from. It could be anybody too. You know, probably my dad. Just, he's such a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Right? He was a contractor. So I'd say probably, probably my father from, from a work habit and I, I, I he wasn't the best entrepreneur, didn't run the most efficient business, but he worked he worked damn hard and did great work. So so that's where he picked up the grinding habit, huh? I picked up the grinding, but I, nice. I tried to be a little more efficient. <laughs> nice, nice, smart. Um, let, here, last last couple of questions, Harry. Um, if you could leave one piece of advice for your children. You can't leave them money. You can't leave them, you know, your brain or anything. You just, what, what, what what advice would you give somebody, you know, who you can't leave anything else to except just this advice? What kind of advice would you leave? Uh, I, I, I would tell them to master compound interest, probably. (laughs) Just (laughs) understand, get started early, understand the numbers, and why it's important. Wow, that's actually. I'm gonna write that one down. I need to teach my kids that one, man. Master compound interest. I don't know if you guys heard that. Um, Harry here is a specialty man. He's a guy from Advisors Capital Management. He's done great things, first of all, for himself, to get him out of from zero to wherever he is now. I mean, he's expanded. He's done deals in terms of flipping deals. He's done long-term deals. He's constantly improving and grinding. I mean, Harry's one of those guys that looks low-key, but he's really paddling hard, and pushing himself. I mean, if, if, I, if I for myself, I'm going to get advice from Harry. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to leave all his information in the show notes. Uh, Harry, first of all, I want to say thank you for the time, for the patience, and also for tuning in, for uh, investing in your future. Uh, obviously, you can reach out to me anytime you want to. Uh, but definitely, I want to say thank you, Harry, for coming on. And I appreciate the information you gave us. Man, If you want to leave any more advice, please, the floor is yours. I'm uh, happy to help and be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I really am always uh, happy to help people learn. So if people have questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm available. All right. uh, but no, I appreciate your time, Kenny. Sure. And uh, we'll talk soon. Sure. What's, what, you want to leave uh, your, your information, your Twitter, your Facebook, your email or phone number, or whatever you want to leave? Go ahead. Yeah,
2: um, I'll, I'll leave my phone number, I
1: guess, uh, 781-572-1052. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Nice. um, Shoot me a text or give me a buzzer. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Wow. Great, Harry. Great, man. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Guys, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Investing Your Future. We're here every Thursday to help you guys in terms of business, entrepreneurship, and just leadership to improve yourself. But also improve your business and improve your wallet, improve the money you make, improve your, your everything. So we're here to help you guys. Harry came on brought his advice, brought his information on how we started, how you can grow, how you can get financing. I mean, he gave us all the information to start investing in your future. Hope you guys took notes like I did myself. And uh, I want to definitely say hello one last time. Thank you, Harry, for coming on our show. Guys, until next time, I'll see you at the top.